Hi, welcome to the People Practice Podcast, hosted by HRD Connect. Our panel today is made up of HR veterans Chuck Heaton, Chuck Kemper and Sanjay Harachand. Regular contributor Jason Anderson is not present, but tune in to the other episodes to hear his thoughts. This episode covers the nature of executive leadership assessments, but also summarises the panel's key argument made over a series of discussion articles that boards of directors should focus on HR as a priority in the year ahead. From improving leadership development to implementing successful remote working, our panel brings decades of experience to some of the most pressing issues organisations are facing. Please note that as this was a remote recording, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. Enjoy the podcast. You know, if the, if the last 12 to 16 months have shown us anything, the importance of boards of directors to be more engaged from an HR perspective and the HR issues around the pandemic have made that even more important. And our, our last article in which we, we focus on assessments, having real-time data for boards to, to really gauge what's going on within the organization and, and how people feel about the executive team. And then we, we took the opportunity to kind of kind of summarize and finalize, you know, our thoughts on, on the different articles that we, we've had and how they connect together with each other. So it's we're really happy with the, the, the roadmap that we've laid out and some of, some of the ideas that we suggest on how boards can be not too deep of a dive, but, you know, able to push some levers to get a better perspective on what's going on in the organizations that, that they support. And I think CK does a great job of identifying the opportunity for how you can get assessments you know, do certain assessments to get data back. And I'll, and I'll kick it to him to kind of kind of elaborate a little bit on that thought. Yeah, I think that the the concern is, is some risk going to jump up and bite you that you weren't looking out for? And, and obviously, C-suites are very well trained to lead and they can do a great job of managing up. But in that managing up, uh, are they creating blind spots for the board of directors around what's really happening a couple levels down? So the, the suggestions here, a practical way was if you're doing engagement surveys, you can always cut that data in different ways. So if you would look at the direct reports of the CEO or then go down a level, the direct reports to all of the C-suite and look at what those results are saying, both in the commentary as well as in the scores, you can get a feel for our people really being led I've always struggled with leadership assessments that fail to ask the people who are being led, (laughs) are you being led or not? And so if you, you know, an engagement survey is a great way to look at that. But you, if you're not doing engagement surveys, of course, you can do other things. You can do uh, circles. You can simply circle people up uh, who who regularly engage with the C-suite to find out not as a, you know, you don't want to do a witch hunt here, but, but to find out how well are they being led? What do they believe about the direction of the organization that's been set by the top level? I knew a board member once upon a time who regularly traveled around the organization. He enjoyed seeing the business and seeing what, what really went on in the business. Um, he was retired, so he didn't, his only jobs were working as a board member. Not that those are not challenging, but I mean, he didn't have a full-time job. So he, he felt that it was um, a role of his to go and visit the big locations. So he would, when he would do that, he would use that as a way to get some assessment for how the top level were performing. He would just have casual conversations, discussions, and meet with folks and find out uh, those people that were being led by the C-suite directly, the direct reports. How did they feel about the leadership they were receiving, the direction of the company, the strategic approach, the direction 
for uh, the next five years, you know, how well shareholders are being treated, vendors were being treated, uh, all of the stakeholders, local societies where you're operating your business um, so that they could better represent the owner's needs. Yeah, so to totally agree with, you know, a lot of what the, uh, CK has been saying around the, I guess, the assessment of the C-suite. I think, I think overall, when you look at the series of articles, I think what we are trying to say is that, you know, the board of directors need to really take a stronger interest in the organization beyond the financials, which is typically where they, they seem to see their purview. Um, and so, you know, that, that's been the, I guess, thrust of, of uh, these, this series of articles. I think on the, on the uh, assessment of the C-suite, you know, I think CK has summed it up re really well. And uh, I think it's important, though, that boards, uh, when they do, do look at the C-suite, is that they do look at the C-suite and at least a layer below. Because that's that's you know where they're going to get the real uh, I guess the, the the sense or the pulse of the organization, um, and typically C suite uh, typically boards tend to focus on the CEO, uh, and then you know usually believe that the CEO will take care of the rest. But uh, I think what we're trying to to articulate through the articles and and the the advice is that the board's got to look beyond one deep from, from multiple points of view in the, in the context of how, how, you know, how is, how is the organization being run? You know, what's the talent look like? Are there pipelines for the C-suite, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's a lot, lot more than just purely, you know, what boards typically focus on, which is the external strategy or the financials. Yeah, I think, I think Sanjay hits on a great point and that, you know, typically in our experience, CEOs have a lot of pressure to, to, to craft a positive story. So, you know, and, and the board is basically their boss, right? So they're, they're going to try to put their best foot forward. And, and, and you know, it, it's a, a courageous CEO will, will be willing to say, hey, we've got a lot of warts in these areas. But, you know, I think so boards sometimes, and, and there's, there's evidence, right? The, the issues at Boeing... VW, McDonald's, where the CEO is crafting a certain story. And in reality, there was literally chaos going on inside the organization beneath them. And boards are caught flat-footed because they were not aware that all this turmoil was happening. And then it explodes and boards are forced into a position to be more activists and, and you know, take action to either remove the CEO or remove certain members of the executive management team. So, you know, we're advocating that, you know, that boards need to, to find ways, again, not getting too deep into the weeds, but find ways to, to, to take a pulse. And, and in general, you know, and that ties into a general theme over the last 12 months is how do you, as a senior team, as an HR team, how do you regularly pulse the organization to see if they're engaged, their mental health, wellness, you know, all the things that we talked about in these articles. And, and, and while I'm thinking about it, CK is real passionate around, you know, entry-level supervisory management. And, and I can tell you, you know, I'm four weeks into my new role, and I already see that's a critical area that we're going to need to address around supervisory-level 
you know, entry-level management because they have such an impact on the organization. Yeah, if for me, when I look back at all the requests that I've had from boards over my career in preparing for a particular board meeting, the content that they requested, the ad hoc requests that come in the last week, I've never had one that asked me about what we're actually doing to create that frontline level of leadership, the, the ones that are actually managing the delivery of services and products that are being created for our clients. And so to me, it was always a big miss. And, and when we started to contemplate this series of articles, that's really where the thinking went was, think back to all those times we were preparing for board meetings and the questions we were being asked. And, and often we were thought, we just felt it was, you know, exercises in futility oftentimes that weren't really looking at things that, that we thought could be creating risk for the organization. And those risks have changed a bit in the past year, which is why we now have had a topic on this time like remote working, which we wouldn't have had on our list a year and a half ago for a board to be caring about. So we tried to make it up to date in what we thought boards should be looking at, but there were also things that we felt should be recurring looks. What are you doing to create the leadership pipeline from, from the, the all the way through the organization, the diversity and inclusion or inclusion and diversity as we like to call it. What are you doing to create an inclusive environment um, where there is more than one type of risk and uh, um, and the, you know, the levels of engagement across the company. You know, what, what's being done to really look at how folks are feeling about the organization, about their role for the, the long, their long-term contribution and, and are we missing out on productivity, collaboration, innovation, because folks aren't feeling well led. They're not being engaged as well as they, they could be. To me, these are the things that if I'm an owner in an organization, a you know, sizable shareholder, that I'd like to know, because that's a much better predictor of the next five years of, of, of success than it is if I'm only looking at the compensation of the executives and I'm only looking at C-suite succession. Yeah, I, I think, you know, further to that, I think what we what we were uh, uh, intimating is that there has to be a trust but verify approach from the board, right? So, you know, boards cannot use CEO autonomy as an excuse for simply looking at the financials and nothing else. Uh, they certainly need to, to look deeper than that. The, the other thing is, you know, when you, when you think about the CEO, you know, Chuck, Heaton talked about the fact that, you know, CEOs can paint a picture sometimes that isn't, isn't what the reality is. And this is the thing, right? You know, so when do, if board engagement with the C-suite or the CEO is purely board meetings or the dinner before the board meeting, it's very easy for the CEO then to manage upwards, right? Because they run the best behavior. They're, you know, creating the, impression, the positive impression that they, they want. Uh, and that, if that's all that boards do, then they are never going to get to the reality of, or, or you know, have a view of what the, the re reality is in the organization. So they really need to think uh, about the engagement beyond just the C-suite, uh, which, you know, typically you'd think that there'd be some kind of 360-degree review of a performance for the C-suite and certainly for the CEO. And when I say 360, I mean, it's beyond just the organization, right? And I, and I think it, again, it just ties back to the sort some of the common themes that we talked about in, in, in the series of articles that we've been doing since really last summer. 
you know, the, the importance of the board to understand different key metrics or KPIs in the organization related to HR, whether it's around leadership development at all levels, not just the executive level, whether it's around, you know, truly taking an assessment of, of how the organization feels about leadership and are they really following them, you know, are, are they really following the people that are out in front and, and leading, you know, and then the other thing too is about how uh, they're handling the current issues around remote working. And, and I can tell you, CK and I have been involved in a couple of these CHRO roundtables lately where there's a lot of discussion and angst around the return to work. And it's interesting to see, and some of us suspected that all, with the more prevalence of vaccines, companies are suddenly saying, even Google, hey, you know, maybe you should be in the office at least three days a week. And they're starting to get a little pushback from people saying, mm, I kind of like sitting at home. <laughs> you know, I like working. I like that flexibility. I like not, you know, driving in traffic. So uh, I think boards really going to have to pay attention here because as we, as, as we see herd immunity, as we see vaccines being more prevalent, and then there's a whole separate issue around vaccine